you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that down, you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, man, happy New Year's Eve to you and all the listeners. Wanted to get out just a quick pod here, uh, picking some of these games. I realize we got all these games. We haven't even really (laughs) given our picks on them just yet. So uh, Florida just got their ass whooped. We'll get to that one in a minute. But uh, Mm -hmm. how are you doing? Yeah, you asked me, what did I want? I wanted SEC dominance. And what happened? Florida doesn't show up. They get their ass beat by Oklahoma. You know? Well, Shane, I mean, got them. I saw that coming. And yeah, you know, I, I, I was, I'm going to be honest, Mike. You know, I was really worried about this team in particular because the opt-outs were always right there on the edge. It felt like all year. And then when they, you know, as they got better and, and people started talking about them competing for an SEC and all this stuff, it, it seems like they kind of rallied and, and got together. But as soon as they, they dropped that that SEC championship since the, the – no, actually, I'd say the LSU game. I it just felt like ever since the shoe toss, this hasn't been the same team, you know. And, and right. uh, after that, man, it, it just felt like, you know, Oklahoma wanted to be there, and the Florida Gators didn't. Yeah, and, you know, I let's take it back one of the first years we did this show, Shane, where it was the Georgia Bulldogs playing the Texas Longhorns yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. And I was on this show, and I said, Texas going to win this game by double digits. I don't care that Georgia's favored. People thought I was damn crazy, and, you know, it played out exactly like that. And, you know, I'm sure people may look at this as just like making excuses, but here's the reality, man. The SEC championship game, that is a playoff game now. Mm -hmm. And 
when you lose the SEC championship, I don't care if it's Georgia or Florida or whoever the hell it is, you know, the motivation for the next game is just not there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know this would never happen, but, you know, we got Alabama playing in the playoff. Let, let's imagine a world where they lost that game to Notre Dame, but mm-hmm. for some reason they had another game the next week that was meaningless. I mean, I would expect Alabama to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just the way it is. Not surprised. You know, I certainly didn't see a 35-point loss coming, but I thought Oklahoma would win this game and, and win it comfortably. But it's kind of, you know, I don't even, there's nothing to really even take away from it aside from, you know, Kyle Trask had a rough performance. I didn't see that coming either. But it shouldn't be surprised because, hell, he didn't have any of his receivers. And once he threw, you know, first pick – the pick six, I think the the Gators were just kind of in scramble mode, and and sometimes when you're forcing it and just trying, you know, to do what you can to come back and rally, uh, it just kind of avalanched on them, and then the and then the defense fell apart in the second half, and again they were they were down by so much, and hell they were playing the backup quarterback basically the entire second half, so mm-hmm. this was almost like a spring game before the spring game, you know what? Yeah. No, that's what it felt like here, man, and and that's what I, I saw a lot of comments last night. It just felt like it felt like a spring practice almost. So I just the only thing I'm not I'm not liking about this situation, Mike, other than than the loss is uh, is the excuses, brother. I I mean sometimes it's best just not to say anything. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that you're upset that you didn't get to go to a college football playoff. Everybody knows you're upset that you lost the SEC championship. We get that. We knew, uh, you know, deep down in our stomach that there was not going to be a lot of motivation in this game. But don't come out with excuses and and just – I mean, don't. This whole season, there's been teams that have been fighting the COVID and the numbers and stuff like that. The last thing we want to hear is excuses, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, hey, I'm a big Dan Mullen guy when it comes to – X's and O's, I think he's the best play-calling head coach in the SEC, maybe the nation, but he's also number one in making them excuses. <laughs> Let's kick it over to Dave Boland. Dan, uh, this season had such high expectations, and you guys really accomplished some great things along the way. Obviously, this is a sour note, and there were some really glaring mistakes in some other games, too. So how should this team be remembered? Well, you know what, I would have loved to have played the season we were supposed to play with the team we were supposed to have this year. Uh, but unfortunately for COVID, we weren't able to do that. Uh, I think it's a pretty special team right now, you know I mean? And when you look back at what we do, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, I don't know. I, I look at the games that we played with the team that we were had, we were supposed to have, you know, which were, were a few this year, you know, SEC championship game. I think that was... Uh, we're, we're close to having our team. The Georgia game, we kind of had our team. There, there are some games in the season where we had our team um, playing, and then there are a bunch that, you know, some that we didn't, uh, just for all the extenuating circumstances that happened. But, uh, you know, to me, uh, during the course of the year, you know, I, I kind of viewed, I, I guess maybe this is wrong. I, I viewed this game very, that wasn't the 2020 football team that you saw. I mean, they're 
the 25 guys missing off the 2020 football team out there tonight. Um, that was kind of like a, a kickstart for us for the future and uh, the opportunity for young guys to go play. And us, uh, you know, even with me, with all the coaches, I, I wanted to make sure. I think you saw all uh, a, a lot of different guys on the field. Us rotate a lot of different players in different situations. And a lot of that was for me to get to evaluate guys and for us to be able to teach those guys moving forward. So, um, no, 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 that's how I kind of, kind of, view this game not not really I view the, the the last game you know the last team the 2020 team played was 11 days ago hey, hey Dan if you said this is kind of a kickstart for the future mm -hmm. what do you see for the future of your uh, you know what? I, I think I'm really excited that some guys got some experience out there uh, to go play. A bunch of those guys been on the scout team all year, like I said. So, I mean, I'm looking out there. Kamar Wilkinson is a, should be finishing up his senior year in high school, and he's playing corner in the uh, in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Uh, you know, and so uh, I think there's a lot of things that we can grow off of, and those guys now, uh, guys that have, you know played a very, you know, played minimum snaps throughout a season, guys that were at best in backup roles, uh, majority of who were on the scout team for most of the year, so they didn't even get to run our defense, got opportunities to go play in a big-time atmosphere in a big game for the, on the defensive side of the ball. And I think there's a lot of those things that, that guys can learn from, uh, and we can build off and take that into the future. Uh, for this team. And I think we have a very young defense that I'm very excited about. Dan, you mentioned all the players that were missing that you could have, you know, not played the game if you wanted to. I wonder if you could just kind of fill us in on what the makeup of that was. You know, we knew about the receivers opting out, but you know. Well, you're down to the D line. We didn't have enough D line to play. Uh, Dante Lang ended up playing. He was, you know, we had to kind of scramble to get him medically cleared. So we were, would have been under the D-line number, interior D-lineman that they have. Uh, they never put a number on secondary players, but, you know, we would have, I mean, if they ever did, we would have been under that of, I guess, you know, I mean. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of breakdown of different things. You know, I mean, you look, there were a lot, I mean, as you guys saw, there are just, you know, a lot of guys that hadn't played before playing tonight. But, you know, I mean, part of the whole deal was us uh, talking to the team and those guys wanting the opportunity to go out there and play and one of those opportunities to go out there and grow and one of those, the op one of the opportunity to go out there uh, and compete. And now, you know what, there's an awful lot we can learn from, uh, from those guys in this game. Hey, Dan. Um a lot of fans were disappointed just the way the, the season ended. What would you tell them, you know, obviously losing three games isn't the way you wanted to end the season. What would you just tell the fan base in terms of this season and, and the future of the program? Yeah, I think, you know what, we just went to our third straight New Year's Six Bowl game. We played for the SEC Championship this year. I think we're headed in the right direction and can't wait to see the Gators Nation pack the swamp. Hopefully we're healthy enough to pack the swamp. And uh, I know all, all, the, all the Gator fans are going to be fired up for the future of this program. <laughs> so there's some gold from uh, Dan Mullen. And my goodness, Shane, again, I'm not trying to pile on him because I, I thought it was a little much. Again, this this is a meaningless bowl game. I don't care if it was 1,000 to 20. Mm -hmm. uh, I still wouldn't be too concerned about uh, the future of Florida or, or Dan Mullen down there in Gainesville just based on this game. But he has got to uh, – I mean, he's he's already had the reputation of being a sore-ass loser. And <laughs> he just – he needs to temper that, man, because – Imagine, and I'm not saying this is going to happen because it's it's. I'm only aware of uh, you know one really bad year they had at Mississippi State, and it was after 
Dak Prescott went on to the NFL. A lot, a lot of defensive players went to the NFL. They had a rough year the following year. But if that ever happens at Florida, I mean, this stuff's going to be used against him for yeah, you know, fans and administration to, to get him out. And I'm certainly not saying now he should or be on any hot seat or anything, but just I guess my point is if there is a year they, they only win four or five games, I mean, this is uh, – they're not going to tolerate this kind of crap down there. You know what? No, I, they're not. But the thing is, Mike, this isn't an eight and four team. This is a this is a twelve and two. This is a thirteen and one team, in my opinion. It's just, you know, I think he's right. You know, I thought the 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 best comment was, you know, our best game was our last game was eleven days ago. You know, it's just <laughs> like I, I I truly think if that's your coach's mentality, what did you expect to see in this bowl game? So. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want to hear as a booster. That's not what you want to hear as a as a Gator fan because there were there were people that made this trip. There were fans that went down there. I don't know how many got in the stadium, but you know there were people that took time and invested money into your university. And if you come out and you talk, make comments like that, that's a that's a little disheartening, man. And and like you said, those are comments that they get filed away and pulled up later when you don't need them. So. I, I think the the best thing here for Dan to do is just, just hey, cre- credit Oklahoma for coming in ready to play a football game, and uh, don't make excuses. Just just jump back on the wagon and start talking about twenty twenty one. Let's talk about some of the good things that we did see in this game. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Like I said, we got uh, a couple games here to you know give our thoughts and predictions. But, uh, hey, before we get to that, real quick, just want to – there's two little newser items I wanted to mention. Uh, let's jump on down to Columbia real quick where, uh, if you missed it, South Carolina quarterback Ryan Halinski, the man I like to call Heislinski, thought he was going to win a Heisman after his debut. Didn't really get a chance to show what he could do at South Carolina this season under uh, Mike Bobo's, you know, in his offense and – I think the writing was on the wall when Mike Bobo got retained. Halinski was going to be leaving. I don't think those two really ever saw eye to eye. And, you know, that now we're in a we're an interesting spot here, Shane, in South Carolina. And, and I'm, you know, I know those fans are not expecting Shane Beamer to come in here and turn this into a SEC contender year one or anything. But uh, Luke Doty. And Colin Hill, who doesn't seem like any of the Gamecock fans are big on Hill. Mm-hmm. And, and they just signed uh, another touted quarterback. So potentially a freshman could come in there and play. But all of a sudden, I mean, the South Carolina quarterback room's looking a little thin. And I don't know, just thoughts on Holinsky transferring out where I haven't heard any speculation on where he's headed next. But I think there's a chance that uh, – this is one where we look back and say, man, how did South Carolina let this guy get away? Yeah, well, it's kind of a South Carolina trend, ain't it? You come <laughs> in, you're a young quarterback, you're on fire, and then you transfer out into <laughs> your career. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to read too much into this. Actually, I, I, I'm going to spin zone this thing. You know, obviously it'd be nice to have Holinsky on, on your your roster. and there's, But there was a reason that he didn't start this season. And yeah. – uh, you know, I just think the the writings were on the wall, and and Ron's. I think he's an athletic. I think he's a good quarterback. He just maybe he was in the wrong system or or something along those lines. And I don't want to put him down because you know it, it was a loaded quarterback room 
And uh, I, I think uh, what you saw from Doty is is a glimpse of your future. But like you said, they've also got a few in the pipeline. And uh, I just think Ron's doing what's best for his for his you know college career. Yeah, and remember he's got three years left to play, so I think he's going to be pretty coveted. You know, this isn't a this isn't a quarterback that's only got one year or even two. So now I would expect some some major teams to to try to land him. Absolutely, and uh, let me ask you: uh, last hot SEC quarterback transfers, you know, they stayed in the SEC. You, you look at Joey, you look at. Uh, uh, Felipe, is is there a shot you think that Ryan stays in the SEC? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because obviously he's from California, mm-hmm. but his family, for those that don't know, family moved with him from California, Southern California to uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So I don't know. We'll see. They didn't have any interest. Everyone obviously knows the story. His brother, you know, tragically killed himself. Was uh, the Washington State quarterback and. I remember them saying, you know, they didn't they didn't have any interest in in Ryan playing in the Pac-12 after that. So I would not think that that's an option, even though some people might naturally think of that. So, yeah, I think there's a real shot that, hell, maybe even, you know, look around the SEC, Tennessee, potentially. Um, mm-hmm. his, his brother played for Mike Leach, so maybe Mississippi State, even though they're looking pretty good at the quarterback position. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe Texas A&M if uh, Kellen Mond doesn't come back. And uh-huh. and remember, this is a guy that had offers from Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Tennessee. I mean, he had basically every offer in the nation. So he's got a lot, oh, of, yeah. lot of connections. Like I said, I haven't heard anything on where he might go, but I, th- I think he's going to land at, uh, at a big-time school and maybe stay here, if not the SEC, certainly the ACC. And I – I think we're good. This isn't the last we've heard of Ryan Helinski. Yeah, I don't think so either, man. Hey, last thing, real quick, before we uh, get to these picks, uh, let's jump on down to Oxford, real quick. Where Lane Kiffin was asked, uh, Shane, kind of like uh, Arkansas and Missouri, how we've been hearing all these guys returning. Lane Kiffin, you know, leading up to the, uh, they're playing the Outback Bowl. He was asked about uh, how many seniors Ole Miss has come, got coming back. Let's kick it over to Lane, real quick. Have you started re-recruiting the seniors yet, or is that something you're waiting until after the bull for? No, we did that. We started that weeks ago. Um, really first to get an idea where, you know, whether they were coming back or going, and then, you know, for ones that were in between to kind of recruit them. And um, as of now, almost all of them are coming back. And, and all, almost all of them were coming back when we first met with them. So I think they like the excitement and direction of the program and, you don't want to be part of it for another year. Do you know if there's a hard deadline on that, like the draft, or is it just kind of something that they have to decide before spring? That's a good question. I, I do not know that. All right, Chase. So once again, first-year coach, just like Drinkowitz, just like Pittman, these kids are buying in. They, they're not done. And, you know, there's a reason why there's new coaches at a lot of these schools because they've been struggling most of their career. And now we got some fun and an excitement and we got a – program looking to head in the right direction and you know i think this is just an interesting trend man where these teams that have been at the bottom the last couple years i think it's setting up really really well for 2021 for these teams and you know i think it says something about the culture there too at uh Mm -hmm. at all these stops because i'm not seeing many guys return at 
no disrespect to, to teams like South Carolina and Tennessee and, you know, teams that are really struggling. It's, it's almost like the opposite at these schools. So, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I just wanted to make that note because all the excitement we have with these first year coaches, I think a lot of that is just going to be a springboard to 2021. Yeah. And that's, I think that's exactly what we're getting from these guys. And, and it's, even though it was a rough year for, for, for these teams at, at some, you know, if you look at the records and stuff like that, but it just felt like there's still a lot of positivity. There's still a lot of, a uh, lot of motivation going into next season. And that's what you want, man. You want that, that pre that postseason buzz, you know, as, as you know, some of these crews get on your campus and they just see it and they feel it. And then that's the energy you want going into a second year. All right, buddy, are you ready to uh, make some bold picks here? <laughs> oh, boy. You mean bold picks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Gambling? Let's say anything about gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, heard you say that. <laughs> well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Like They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop. Here. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the uh, Armed Forces Bowl that may or may not have kicked off while we're recording this here, but uh, we're trying to get this out before the game ends. But, uh, hey, we got number 24, Tulsa, against Mississippi State. Tulsa 6-2 mm-hmm. and two on the season. Mississippi State 3-7, and seven, but playing some of their best football they've played here towards the, the tail end of the season. And uh, according to my bookie, Shane... Mississippi State, favored by one. Uh, mm-hmm. Tulsa has an All-American linebacker. He's opted out for this game. So thoughts on this one, Shane? Just what are you going to be looking for from uh, the first bowl game of the Mike Leach era at Mississippi State? Well, Mike, I, I fully expect Mississippi State to jump out early in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to cheat, but it's already 7 nothing. <laughs> Eight minute left uh, in the first quarter. No, I, you know, the thing I love about Mississippi State is just how young the, that, you know, some of these guys that have emerged, the Will Rogers and um, mm-hmm. uh, some of these receivers, they're 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 extremely young. So, unlike Florida, it just it does feel like this is a team that you know didn't lose anything going into this game and and is actually using this as a kind of a springboard as a. Uh, spring practice, if you will. So uh, I fully expect this game to to be good for, for Mississippi State, be good for the SEC. So uh, obviously I'm looking at the score right now at 7 nothing, but I, I expect this to be a runaway, man. Uh, just a, a good flex going into uh, – because, face it, Mississippi State top to bottom, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is a lot better than Tulsa. Right, and for me, Shane, this is almost like the exact opposite of uh, last night's uh, bowl game there, the Cotton Bowl with Florida and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where you know, we had the Sooner fans chanting SEC in the fourth quarter, like mm-hmm. 
wow, my God, you're beating up on the scout team. Congratulations, you know. But complete opposite here for Mississippi State. We've got a loaded team with uh, with young talent, emerging mm-hmm. talent, freshmen and sophomore players. They need these reps. And yep. you look at the look at the records, like I said, three and seven Mississippi State, six and two Tulsa. So some people may look at that and say, well, my God, this is a, this is a mismatch. I look at it as a mismatch too, Shane, and the mismatch is in favor of Mississippi State because there's mm-hmm. probably not any players on Tulsa's team outside of the linebacker that's opted out that Mississippi State would take their guys over anyone on Tulsa. And this is one where the SEC flexes its muscle. These players come in here and, uh, you know, it, it's not a it's not a situation where they want. What about them Bulldogs? <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, my dog's a, he's a big Bulldog fan here at Mississippi State. <laughs> but what I was trying to say is, but we got a lot of young guys that, uh, hey, they don't want their season to end. Like I said, they're, mm-hmm. playing, they're playing some of the best football they've ever played at the collegiate level. They want to keep that thing rolling, get that momentum going into the offseason. I look for Mississippi State to win and win big, cover the one-point one spread here, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. expect this to be even a damn matchup. No, me either. Don't be – my bold prediction – even though it's the air raid, don't be surprised that first touchdowns are rushing touchdown, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guys, I swear that's the only one we know. Already, so. All right, the Peach Bowl, Shane, Georgia and Cincinnati. Mm. Cincinnati's actually undefeated on the season, number eight in the nation. Georgia, number nine. Yeah, we've had some uh, some opt outs and, and things like that, but look for Georgia to come ready to play. They're a seven point favorite. In this game, uh, they've won, you know, four of the last five. And, uh, you know, a little little bit of tragic tragic news here, Shane. The uh, I don't know if you saw this running back, James Cook, his father, unfortunately passed. Oh, no. So he is, he is also not going to be at the game. And that uh, his brother, who's obviously Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, he's not playing this weekend. They both went home to, to be with their family. But, you know, I think uh, – that could play a, a small factor in this game, but Georgia, even with guys not being there, some opt-outs we've seen, uh, I, I still think that, uh, you know, this is a little bit different story than, again, like when UCF undefeated playing Auburn in their game, and, mm-hmm. you know, UCF really wanted that. That was their damn Super Bowl, and certainly that could be the case for Cincinnati in this game. I think Cincinnati is, is a – you know, a solid team, and I think they'll show up. But Georgia didn't just lose the SEC championship, you know. They're they're playing right. their best football of the season. They've got a lot to prove. Uh, I think they want to show, again, kind of like Mississippi State against Tulsa, that, uh, you know, the SECs were the best footballs played. And, and the guys that do show up, it should be a huge mismatch in, in terms of talent, even with some players being out. So I think Georgia rolls in the Peach Bowl. What about you? Oh, man. You know, this one I, I am a little worried about just because, like what you said, Cincinnati is undefeated and kind of kind of has that UCF vibe, I think. And this is, in essence, their national championship. And Georgia, we've got a few opt-outs. So you know, then you start, you start questioning the buy-in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of like to see some of these guys stick around for one more game. But – the ones that we have opting out, you know, it wasn't JT, you know, it wasn't, right. a, it, it, it wasn't, uh, uh, George Pickens, you know, so 
the, those those names are still going to be there, which, you know, you have athletes like that. I still think you're in any game. So if if Kirby can fire up the crew that's there and, and, and make this exciting, I mean, it should be, you know, it's it's not too far. Isn't this in Georgia? Chick-fil-A yeah, yeah it's in Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean, there should be a lot of Georgia fans there. Exactly. So little home field. I, I, I like Georgia to win this thing. But don't be surprised if it's one of those that Cincinnati, you know, jumps out early or takes takes the early lead or, or makes it a ball game by half. But I just think still with the talent that Georgia has left, there's no reason that they should let Cincinnati hang in this game. Hey, and one other thing for SEC fans to pay attention to in this one, Shane, Cincinnati defensive coordinator, a young guy, merging guy, his name's Marcus Freeman, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear he is the top target of Ed Orgeron to be the next defensive coordinator at LSU. I believe is I believe he's a Cincinnati grad, and I think he's turned down big job op- opportunities before. So I'm not saying he's going to make the jump, but you know, if you're LSU fan, you may want to tune into this game and just get to see how Cincinnati's defense matches up against Georgia because this could be your next defensive coordinator down here. Mm-hmm. All right, next game, Shane, Auburn versus Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl. And here, Northwestern, Shane, believe it or not, three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Auburn Tigers. Of course, you know, Gus has has been fired, so that's probably factoring into this decision. Kevin Steele's the interim coach. We got a number of guys that have opted out, including Anthony Schwartz. And uh, there's speculation that uh, a couple defensive backs for Auburn have also opted out. I hear Northwest. <laughs> I hear Northwestern's got a stingy defense, but going up against the Chad Morris offense, <laughs> everybody's got a stingy defense. So I don't know thoughts on this one, Shane. And uh, do you think Auburn will, you know, play for for Kevin Steele with Gus out and everything, or how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I mean, part of you thinks that. Part of you thinks, hey, man, you know, the the players know. The players know the coaches are on their way out. They know what happened to Coach Steele. I'm sure if if Gus couldn't be there, that's the guy they'd want to lead this team. And and who knows, Coach Steele maybe uh, even though he's not going to get this Auburn gig, doesn't mean he's not going to be a head coach next year. So this is an opportunity for him to show that you know under circumstances with opt outs and losing a, a you know a head coach and coming in that he still can. Uh, handle a, a, a victory so I, I i like auburn in this one just because of those storylines alone and plus i hate northwestern so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say auburn jumps out on them and again there's not one there's not one game on this slate that we're going through that i don't think that we have the most talent uh, i i think if you look at oklahoma and florida you could you know, i thought it would be closer because of all the opt-outs but i still think that Top to bottom, I mean, there's no reason that Auburn shouldn't beat Northwestern. So, right. what's the spread on this one? Northwestern favored by three and a half points. Yeah, give me Auburn on this one all day, every day. Now, one thing I forgot to mention, Shane, and this is uh, kind of up in the air. We'll find out. You know, this game is uh, on Friday. But Tank Bigsby, there's speculation that he may be considering a transfer. Ooh. And uh, Chad Morris was asked about him leading up to this game. I believe it was on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, his direct quote was, he was asked, is Tank 
going to play in this game? And he said, we'll see. We we don't know at this point. So (laughs) that was uh, kind of troubling. And it's not because Tank's hurt because, my God, I believe he had 29 rushes in, in the Mississippi State game. I mean, he put the team on his back. So that could be a, a factor for this one, but I kind of agree with what you're saying. And yes, I know there was a stop steal campaign and all that, but uh, Kevin Steele's a very popular coach in that locker room. He's got a mm-hmm. ton of respect with that defense. And I, I know they're going to be down a couple of guys, but I think the best defense in this one's going to be Auburn because I think they know that their, their coaches, this is going to be his last game as an Auburn Tiger, I believe. And uh-huh. I think they'll play inspired football for him and, and maybe if uh, if we didn't hire a coach already, Auburn fans may be changing their tune about Kevin Steele, about his ability to lead a team, because I think Auburn is going to beat the hell out of Northwestern. And I'm looking at Northwestern quarterback, Shane. We, you know, we like to joke that Bo Nix hasn't lived up to the hype. This guy's got nine touchdowns and eight interceptions all the year. And 1,400 yards, I mean – yeah, get, get the hell out of here with that. You know what? Yeah, he's a 50-50 man. We don't know if he's going <laughs> to score or they're going to go the other way. <laughs> All right, uh, Saturday's game's here, January 2nd. It's kind of weird how they're doing them. We're skipping ahead here. But the Gator Bowl, NC State, mm-hmm. which is actually ranked number 23 in the nation, versus Kentucky, and the Wildcats favored by two and a half. NC State's 8-3 and three on the year. Uh, thoughts on this matchup, Shane? Anything you'll be having your eye on? Uh, quarterback play. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I want to see what they do back there and what they what are the plans. If it's going to be more or less let the younger kids play, or if it's going to be now, there's something about Kentucky. Kentucky has it seems like they always have had a uh, a good locker room vibe, and and I don't know if that's with the coaching staff or. You know, they just they they're they're good at identifying you know team leaders and things like that, and that's why I really like them in the bowl game. You look at teams like them and like Arkansas; it just seems like they they just they just play better um, in, in these type of situations. So um, I just expect the dominance here, man. NC State, ugh, you know, I don't, what do they got? The Wolfpack. They have been relevant since Tory Holt, so <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I'm ready for Kentucky to come out and just show some SEC dominance here. Yeah, and this is one of the few teams, Shane, where you know we've had such a quick turnaround with this bowl uh, season. You know, like uh, Florida mm-hmm. heading, heading into the Cotton Bowl, they got three practices, then they had to turn around and play a game. Kentucky last played a football game on December 5th. Yeah, and here this game is on January 2nd. They'll have almost a month off, so. I think they'll be rested. My only concern is, uh, you know, they fired the offensive coordinator and, and the quarterback coach, and but it seems like the players were even out on them. I mean, they were mm-hmm. tweeting out, you know, issues after games and stuff. So maybe look for them to play more free, have more fun. And I think this will be like a real bowl experience where, you know, you're just cutting loose, having fun, and going down to Florida. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a, you know, how many years before Mark Stoops got there where, where Kentucky ever got to go to a Florida bowl game on, on New Year's? You know what I mean? So Exactly. That's the And this is a down season for Kentucky now. So, uh, But not for the players that get to make that trip. And I, I think they're going to play uh, just some of the best football. A rested Kentucky team. Again, ranked opponent for a SEC team with a losing record. SEC flexes his muscle. And they cover the spread. They win this one, too. 
All right, uh, also on uh, January 2nd, Ole Miss, Indiana, in the Outback Bowl, Indiana, believe it or not, Shane. Eight-and-a-half-point favorite, and their damn quarterback's not even playing. Michael Penix out for the season. We got the lane train. Hell, we just hit on it. They're averaging over 40 points per game. Everybody's coming back. Matt Corral's coming back. They're, they've won three of their last four games here. And I don't know, thoughts on this one, Shane? Bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think on this one, man. I think Lane Kiffin, you know, his his name's been floating around here at all these jobs and stuff like that. And I, and I don't think he's leaving, but I think it's an opportunity for him to make a little more money. I think this is a contract game for him, you know, so Ole Miss can put up or, or you know, or maybe, you know, just get his resume out there. I don't, I don't like, again, I don't think Kiffin's leaving, but I, I just think that, I don't know if Jimmy Sexton's his guy or not, but I, I Oh, he definitely, he's a Sexton guy. Oh, he seems like he would be. And, you know, <laughs> they got on the phone. He says, Hey man, blow these cats out of the water so we can get you some more money. That's what this game feels like. And I, I think Ole Miss is in a real good spot here, especially with uh, Indiana losing all their talent. And, uh, uh, another thing, you know, uh, you got to keep in mind that, you know, Indiana's fresh. They've only played seven games this year, but uh, I, I don't think that matters with Ole Miss because they've had such a break before this one. Yeah, and again, they so they'll have a lot of time from their last game to this one to, uh, you know, they, they did lose to LSU, but it was a shootout-style game. And if you remember, mm-hmm. that was a game where, hell, they had six turnovers – and yep. they had five, and they were about to win the game. It was the sixth one that did them in. So I think uh, unless they don't shoot themselves in the foot, Matt Corral has a solid game. Again, I think this is going to be another one where Indiana's ranked number 11 in the nation. That's that's wild to me. But <laughs> it's a it's it's a product of them having to play Big <laughs> Big Ten only, you know. And that's it. The only good Big Ten team they played was Ohio State, and they lost. So. Uh, yeah, come on down to the SEC, brother, and you're going to get your uh-huh. ass whooped. I'll take Ole Miss to win outright. Unless Gene Hackman's on that sideline, <laughs> then I'm out. <laughs> All right, Shane, the the uh, Orange Bowl here, Texas A&M, North Carolina. This should be a good one here. Number five, Texas A&M. Number 13, North Carolina. We got the Aggies, favored by seven and a half. And if you missed it, uh, UNC, North Carolina's had like, Five or six guys opt out. Key players opt out. I've not seen anyone opt out for Texas A&M. If we get an inspired football team that uh, is still pissed off that they were left out of the college football playoff, I think the Aggies are going to whoop some Tar Heel ass. How about you? Yeah, I, I think so too. And I hope Jimbo's used that as fuel this entire last couple of weeks. And you know, I, I'm still on the A&M got screwed bandwagon and. And uh, if they can take some of that negative energy and turn it into a, just, a, just an absolute ass beating, then that, I think that's what's going to happen here. Because if A&M comes out firing on all cylinders, there's no way these Tar Heels can keep up. Yeah, and, I, and the, the thing I'll have my eye on in this matchup, Shane, Phil Longo, North Carolina offensive coordinator, formerly at Ole Miss, really good coordinator. Mike Elko, Texas A&M defense, that's going to be the matchup of the game, whoever – you know, A&M's defense, UNC's offense, whoever wins that matchup is going to win this game. And uh, for I got a lot of respect for Phil Longo, but give me Mike Elko every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Shane, playoff games. Playoff. Uh-oh. You want to talk playoff? Alabama, number one, versus Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl. That's being played in Texas. That's <laughs> that's 2020 <laughs> for you right there. But, uh, of course, we already know you got buddy on this game. Alabama favored oh, yeah. by 20. They could probably be favored by 40. We'd probably still pick Alabama. But, uh, you know, aside from we already know what you're <laughs> – Oh, you're picking, my God, I'm looking at the money line, Shane, Alabama minus 1400, which means, uh, you got to bet $1,400 to win one. If you pick (laughs) Alabama to win straight up, (laughs) I mean, this is a damn joke, isn't it? So I don't know. Is 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 there anything, I mean, you go see how, how quickly Alabama sits their starters. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to look for in this one. No, I I couldn't get money on this game quick enough, Mike. You know, I just, I I knew this one's going to be total domination and, and it's an absolute joke that, that Notre Dame's in there. And, and it's an, I'm kind of surprised. The only thing is I'm kind of surprised that that line hasn't changed. I thought for sure that would go up and it may right here before kickoff or something, but it's stuck firm to that 19 and a half. So there's there's no doubt in mind uh, in Vegas that Alabama's going to win this thing. It's just they can't they can't they can't do it three scores, you know. And I think it's at least a three score game, Mike. I wonder if they're thinking that uh, Alabama, like I said, would just jump out to a huge lead, and then maybe they play the backups the entire second half, and that maybe <laughs> Notre Dame scores like a late late touchdown to be like, hey, we only only lost by you know. 18 or whatever. We belong. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing that I've seen this year in any Alabama game, maybe short of the Ole Miss, that has been just total domination. And I don't expect anything different here with Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to be holding back for the national championship. I think this is a good tune-up game for that final game. Now, let me ask you real quick, just um, on the other playoff game, obviously we don't talk much about Ohio State or Clemson, so uh-huh. not looking for any kind of in-depth analysis here, but maybe just who you think will win or who you want to win or, or just anything like that. Uh, I, want, I want Clemson. Um, I, for starters, I really hate Ohio State. <laughs> and I think it's an as much of a joke as Notre Dame is. It's even more of a joke that, that a, what, seven – win team has the opportunity to get in a, a college football playoffs with everything that we've gone through this year. So, and, and looking at their, their schedule and stuff. Yeah. I, I just, I hope Ohio state gets put, put to bed early and uh, that this is a rematch with Clemson and uh, Alabama. Ooh, I'm actually going to go the other way, Shane. I, hell, I don't, I don't root for either one of these teams, obviously, but no, I don't either. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they could both lose, that'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I this is probably going to be a little bit of a bold take, but I'm going with Ohio State, man, because Dabo just keeps running his damn mouth, and mm. I think that could come back to haunt him. I know Ohio State not watched much of them this year, but from what I understand, I, they've not played that well, not as as mm-hmm. well as some people have thought that that uh, you know they're. I don't know how they're the number three team in the nation, given that they played like four games or whatever. But hey, they're going to be rested. <laughs> Yeah. There's not going to be much film on them. <laughs> and just from losing last year, I think there'll be some extra motivation. So upset special, Shane. I'm going to go Alabama-Ohio State in the national championship game. A little, uh, some revenge from that 2014, the first playoff game. I mean, that mm. was a hell of a game. That's kind of the one that I want to see. Alabama-Ohio State to hell with Clemson. <laughs> 
maybe this is like a it's like it's like they went out and they picked the three hate the most hated teams I, I mean you think the best, like Notre Dame can't stand them you got Ohio State can't stand them and then you got Clemson it's just uh, it's just I just want them all to lose except for Alabama and I, I'm a Tennessee fan we hate Alabama <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. but I just I hate these guys worse so Anyway, man, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. Me and you going to get together, ain't we? We're going to have a couple of beers over this one. Oh, yeah. I'm heading down to the beer <laughs> store as soon as I hop off here. <laughs> heading down to the backwoods of old East Tennessee. So looking forward yeah, to that. Right. And, uh, hey, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Enjoy these games. This is the last uh, college football games of the of the year until the national championship game, obviously. So savor these games. I I love how all these people complain about the damn games. I mean, well, don't watch it if it's if it's not your cup of tea. But you're going to be dying for these games here in about a month or two. So, uh, just hey, I'm going to be taking them all in, and I can't wait to watch them. No joke. We got to get off here and watch this Mississippi State. I feel like I'm missing out on some stuff here, Mike. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, thanks for uh, joining me here. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.